Today is December 19th. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki Naganago Mekoche Chestokom Aki. My name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Ganai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Dakota, the Wesley Chinooki Bears Paw Nations, the Dene from Sutina Nation, and I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, status, Inuit, non-status, across Turtle Island as the keepers of this land. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf, here in Alberta at the very least. I honour the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been so kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name. I was born here in Calgary or on Blackfoot Mokinstis as Michelle Elliott, an English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellowknives Dene. My father is so Canadian. I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act imposed status card. I acknowledge my Dene lineage and that I was born in Calgary. But my family is not part of the Treaty 7 signatories. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I am a native to uh, Turtle Island and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Tene Indehe in Satu Dene, meaning many horse town, which was named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical to creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role, my role, as a treaty partner. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous. I just share what I know as I walk down my red road. If you're experiencing emotional distress after hearing anything we talk about today and want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll free and open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Non-Indigenous, there are distress lines in your area as well. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. I wanna say thank you to our previous donors for already showing your support to the show. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those that cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or your questions. I have a YouTube channel. Love to have you subscribe. You can go to nativecalgarian.com for all the latest updates on podcasts, pin posts, on social media, etc., etc. So um, today I am really... <laughs> I don't know how I was lucky enough to have these folks come on to my show, but um, I am lucky enough to have a group here that want to talk about politics. So maybe what I'll do is I'll start with Sarah, Danica, and Cassidy to allow you allow you all to introduce yourself. Hi, uh, thank you for having me on our show. I'm Sarah. Um, I'm a part of the Canadian Youth Letters Project. I've been a part of it um, for a couple of months now. I don't normally know how long I've been. Um, 
basically my role in the Canadian Theatres Project is I am the head of finances and the head of the letters division. So um, on our new launch for our letters project, people can send in letters to our email and um, I basically forward them to the proper government officials and we make our own letters and I decide the topic and stuff like that. So yeah, that's me. Um, hi, I'm Danica. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I am the creator founder of the Canadian New Letters Project. I sort of run most of the behind the scenes stuff, making sure everything is going um, smoothly. And I lead our meetings and stuff like that. I'm Cassidy. I'm also um, an avid member of Canadian Letters Project. About, I joined a month before Sarah, so I think now in December this would be about our sixth, my sixth month here. Um, I do a little bit of everything, um, kind of just all over the place. Um, I mostly do design work and our social medias um, and a lot of the writing for the letters, our newsletter, our Instagram posts. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of everything. Well, I'm really excited to have you all on this show because um, I think youth being involved in politics is number one, the future. And number two, like when I look at um, your age and such, I think, oh, you could be possibly the next candidate when it comes to any type of uh, level of government coming up. And so I was really excited to hear from you. Um, I think as a gray-haired old lady, I'm even more privileged to have youth come onto my show because as much as I like to think I know, I don't know. <laughs> I went, um, you, you can all take yourself off mute if you'd like, but um, basically uh, I went for Christmas light or Christmas lights viewing with my daughter. And when I hear it through her eyes, I, it's so different. And uh, you know, and, and even for me, you know, you forget your biases and how you've been trained to believe a certain way. So I think having your voices come on and talk about politics through your eyes is uh, really important, especially for my demographic. A lot of folks that listen to my show are always like, why won't the youth get involved? And I remember at one point in time. Uh, so for folks who don't know, I've uh, been really involved in the Liberal Party since uh, my daughter was born in 2007. Um, and about 2010 was when I really came out as a as a liberal in Calgary, which was probably not a big deal for most people, but it was a pretty big deal for me to realize I wasn't a conservative in Alberta, let alone that, um, you know, I would cross to the worst side possible. I mean, that's like enemy territory. We could walk down the street and I can sh show you, you know, F Trudeau bumper stickers and, and that could be even be from the first time. <laughs> So, um, so I've been quite involved and uh, in the federal li liberal party, we have a indigenous people's commission, which helps um, talk about policy when it comes to the indigenous portfolio. We also have a, a women's commission, a youth commission and a seniors commission. So depending on the demographic that you're in depends on which commission you can be a part of. And uh, I mean, we have old, old liberals that were part of the, you know, youth commission and now are into the seniors commission. So, you know, um, depending on, on your political affiliation. Now I know the NDP has something similar 
and uh, I'm, I've, you know, I've been in all the parties to some degree in order to try to meet the target and the goals that I want. At one point in time, I took out a PC membership provincially so that Alison Redford could become leader because Gary Marr was campaigning on, you know, privatization of healthcare. And, uh, you know, in, in Alberta, you have to play politics to play the politics that you need. And, uh, you know, immediately after the I, I had uh, voted, I, I burnt my membership and I made a video public of it because I'm not a PCer, but I'm also not for privatization of, of our healthcare. So, um, so that, that's a little bit of my political background, but I'd like to hear more from you about your political background so that you can understand what I see and how I hear what you're saying. You want to go with Sarah, Danica, and Cassidy? Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. So um, for me personally, my entire family is conservative. Um, being from Alberta, that's kind of expected but um i've been like raised in a way where like my parents really wanted me to focus on what's important to me and um i didn't really know like a lot about politics until i until i researched it myself and i think i find myself a more of a centrist person than anything else because i can see um the good in both sides of parties and yes they both have some different things but I think they both have something to offer to Canada and like it depends on the person I guess and depends on like what the running's for in that moment. Awesome. Danica, love to hear from you. All right. Um, well, while, while the CYLP is uh, non-partial in regards to where we fall on the political spectrum, I personally am more left-wing. I grew up uh, conservative because a lot of my family is conservative. I think I was probably always left wing at heart, though. <laughs> where are you <laughs> from, Danica? Like, where where are you from? Like, where uh, are you where are you speaking from right now? Uh, Cochrane, just oh, outside okay. Calgary. So yeah. you're in Alberta too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So definitely grew up in the conservative environment, especially living in Cochrane. <laughs> Amazing. Cassidy, where are you from and what got you involved in politics? Um, so I'm right outside of Edmonton in Spruce Grove. Um, so for my party affiliation, I am a liberal as well. Um, although it was, it was an interesting journey getting there because my entire family, except for one person, is conservative. So uh, it's not been fun. Um, so yeah, so what got me into politics was my grandmother, who's NDP, and yeah, essentially since I was like 11 or 12, she's been talking my ear off about it, so then I just decided, okay, I'll just start listening, and then I got involved because I'm like, wait, I actually care about this, and it all affects me. Why wouldn't I care, and that's kind of how it goes, and yeah, as a disclaimer, like our... our um project is more center like we call ourselves center or centrist non-profit or uh, yeah. sorry non-partisan yeah nar yeah because yeah. <laughs> um, we do have uh people from all the political spectrums uh, i just want to put that out there because like yeah. everybody here is left right now <laughs> so like well actually liberal sure. is not left liberal really? is actually the centrist um is it? That is, yep that is true 
So uh, for Albertans, especially youth, you've been taught we are not, we are left when we are not. We really? are the centrist one. Yeah. Um, that's the irony is that, uh, you know, when I looked into political affiliation more, um, I realized that actually the conservatives are not centrist and that uh, the liberals are not left. And that's part of the reason why I ended up becoming a liberal. Uh, also, because the Alberta in Alberta, a lot of the liberals that became a, became the MLAs uh, were usually they deflected or are defected from the Conservative Party. So they originally identified as uh, conservatives as well. And, um, you know, and, and I think it's really important to note here, I'm talking to Alberta youth and our listeners are global and they're very used to people identifying the land that they're on. They're very used to people identifying as settler. And I, I wanted to point out to my listeners that in Alberta, we do, it, it, it's almost like uh, you never speak about that. You never speak about indigenous issues. You never speak of the land that you're on. You never speak of the concept of um, indigenous inclusion. And, um, and, and I think that, you know, your introductions really em emphasize that and, and why it is that our, our youth are so different than the rest of Canadian youth when it comes to this conversation. Um, I want to bring it back to your organization and ask you all uh, why it is that you decided to come together, create this nonprofit and, and do the work that you're doing. So we'll do the Sarah Danica Cassidy. Um, I got into this project actually, actually from Cassidy. We've been old friends for a long time, um, but I found this project very interesting for me. It's been a really, it's been really close to my heart ever since I've joined. Um, but for my future, I want to be a lawyer. And I found that I really didn't really know that much about um, the Canadian politics and stuff like that. So I figured being in a political party would help me learn more about it. And it definitely has. I've definitely gotten more into the politics and the issues that are happening in the world. And I find that as soon as like a new thing comes out, I know about it and I'm able to educate because that's our goal to educate everyone else about it. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, obviously you joined this organization because you've seen a need or you founded it because you've seen a need. So I guess that's like really the direction I, I wanted to hear, you know, what brought you to this idea and, and to creating this nonprofit and then, you know, bringing in your buddies, even if they're from different, um, you know, partisan belief systems. Yeah. Um, well, the sort of the trip that we took to get to creating the CYLP, it was, it's been, it's been an adventure. It's definitely been an adventure. I knew like for, for a very long time that I wanted to do something. I've always been very passionate about things like activism. Um, I'm very fiery and I get mad at injustices <laughs> uh, very easily. So I know I wanted to do something, but I didn't really get an idea until sometime around this year. I was talking to uh, a constituency manager that uh, my family knows, and he was talking about some of his, um, like, his beliefs about what, sort of what was going on with the Wexit movement, uh, um, which is, I guess, if it was, 
and sort of is. I think it's still continuing. It's sort of a movement where some of the Western provinces and possibly either Northwest Territories and Yukon basically want to leave and become their own country. <laughs> um, and so he was not very happy about that. And he was talking about it and why he thought that this was occurring. Um, and he said, well, we, we really need, we really need to work together to, um, to, to actually listen to the people who are saying, hey, there's an issue here and find a solution that works for all. And I asked him, well, what can I do? And he said, well, write, write to your MLAs, write to the prime minister, write to the MPs, everyone, just write. <laughs> and tell them what you think and tell them what you think is important. And so I sort of sat on that for a little while. And then I started writing a letter and I talked to my friend Maria, who's also a member, but wasn't able to make it today. And she was like, we should make this a thing. So we did, we launched in May and we've been working from that to achieve our goals of educating youth on political topics and giving them a political voice because teens have some pretty amazing ideas. They do, and we need to educate them on the structure. I think a running theme is Alberta is not teaching our youth about uh, politics, isn't it? So, <laughs> Cassidy, would you like to chime in? Um, yeah, I feel the same way. You know, what's social studies for when we're not learning about politics, what's happening right now? I mean, that's just me, but um, so yeah, I joined the project from an old member who was an acquaintance who referred me because um, I'm very into activism. So my Instagram is just filled with it. Um, and so I've always just been so into it and that, yeah, that again starts with my grandmother, but always so much into it. And I've always had so much passion for activism and more just human rights you know, like that, that's something that matters to me most over anything else political. It's the human rights of everything. Because mm -hmm. without rights, what is there, right? And so um, that's part of the reason I got into the project. And I, um, you know, I haven't decided exactly what career choice I want to go into. But I do know that, like, one of them is possibly becoming a lawyer. And definitely human rights lawyer is would be that and I've actually wanted to pursue possibly becoming like a leader like a political leader yes great. well you already are let's yeah. establish that first all three of you are on this call and are political leaders because um and and I'm part of the reason why I decided to well not I, I'm lucky enough to have you on here but I know that there are political insiders that listen to the show on all spectrums and um, I need them to know about you. They monitor me in order to like, do the getchit moments, but you know that bigger picture of um, I want them to know that you want to be involved. But uh, the way I, I always tell people our current system is set up is that it's created barriers. So and especially the most important voice, the youth voice, isn't even at the table. And so here we have youth that have to, you know, join Greenpeace or create their own nonprofit because our community, our, our political system is so exclusionary that here you have to do all of this other work when, if these parties could quit 
looking at themselves and <laughs> look outside a little, then maybe, maybe one, we wouldn't have a Wexit and, um, you know, movement, but also maybe the youth would feel empowered to be at these uh, tables to be talking to the different political parties because um, I actually really wish I could be nonpartisan uh, because I think that when you're nonpartisan, you're more effective uh, at being able to, you know, have conversations with different people and, and finding that goal because whatever the topic is, like if on indigenous issues, um, if I really have a goal, when I talk to conservatives, I just talk about fiscal responsibility and they usually get on board. When I talk to NDPers, you know, you can talk it, but I, I was raised in a union house. So um, my dad was a boilermaker. And um, so union politics is very, you know, normal to me, unfortunately. And uh, so uh, talking in, in those terms, when you're talking to NDPers and then for um, liberals, they're all, you know, they'd like to think they're human rights lawyers, but they're not. Uh, <laughs> they're just lawyers <laughs> so you just talk about the legal um aspect of uh you know whatever um declaration or whatever that we've signed to as as a nation that we're breaking you know depending on how you you talk to them so you know that that's kind of how i approach a lot of these parties i find that green party like, you think that they'd be super um left but they're not they're conservatives that care about the environment that's it so if you talk to them with uh, fiscal responsibility, then usually you can you can gain an audience there as well. Um, so so yeah, I really think that the work you're doing is really important. Um, now I heard Danica bring up the Wexit movement. I was wondering if Sarah and Cassidy would like to chime in on your thoughts about the Wexit uh, issue. Um, if we move from Canada, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not staying here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's not happening. So I'm not I'm not super hot about the idea. Gotcha. It scares me honestly if if we do um change countries. I, I would be terrified if I had to stay in Alberta, if I'm gonna be honest. Um it's just not the country that I would wanna be in. <laughs> Well, I've been monitoring the Wexit movement for sure. Um, just as they monitor me, I monitor them. And um, I, I just find it hysterical. I think it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And what they're, they're so stupid. They don't even know that if they were to separate, all of that goes directly back to the Indigenous people. It, like, <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways, it's an, an Indigenous best interest for us to have a Wexit um, you know, uh, movement, but those dumbass rednecks with guns have no concept that that one, the one would go right back Very to true. us. <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> so, yeah, you just summed it up like really. That's yeah. just just how it is. Yeah, no, yeah. I I, uh, I get a kick out of it personally, but it's fun to watch them pretend they care about freedom while they benefit from the Indian Act. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, anyway. So uh, yeah, what are some of the campaigns that you guys are working on right now that you're really excited about? And again, maybe we'll go Sarah, Danica, and Cassidy. Um, me personally, I'm really excited for our letters movement. Um, it's when anyone can send us an email or a letter uh, to the government, um, but through us because we have connections. And we can send them to our connections and even to other government officials that we don't really have a connection with, but we can put it under their name, obviously with credit, but we can send it in as our letter. So 
it might get read easier because we're trying to become known in the government all across Canada. So um, when they see our letters, they're read and they're replied to. And that's just what I'm excited about. <laughs> right on. Happy to hear that. Danica, would you like to chime in on one of the campaigns you're excited about that you're working on? Sure. Yeah. Um, something that I find super exciting personally is we are working towards creating webinars, some with other not-for-profits and organizations and one all on our own. Uh, and I am so excited about this because this really ties into the education aspect of our project. Uh, and I'm so excited to be able to start achieving our goal of teaching teens how to formulate their own political uh, views, how to research in a way that relies on reputable sources, and how to get their voice out there. And I think that that's super exciting for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's super exciting for me, too. I want youth to feel empowered, that's for sure. Cassidy? Actually, yeah, the webinar is probably, and the letters, like, both of them are very important to me because as being a youth in politics, I've been told by many people, like, get your pretty head out of politics. Yeah, also being sexist. Um, <laughs> but, or you don't need to worry about that. You're just a kid. You don't need to worry about that. And, you, you know, it, and then I'm one of those people, if you tell me I can't, it comes my heart's desire. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get into politics. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do this. So yeah, being able to go into a webinar to be able to educate youth and give them that voice that most likely they've been denied in a province like Alberta. So and just educating them, showing them how to write letters to their to any government officials that we can send on their behalf or that they would like to. Yeah, it's just it's just really important to me for that and I'm really excited. That's awesome. I think the work you guys are doing is so important. So um so sexism, able, um, ageism, I'm hearing are barriers that you're all uh facing. And um so I'd I'd like to hear about um I guess your barriers but your wins too. Like what, what was the topic that you came across your desk or, or your, your emails and you were really shocked that you were able to get at the table at, or on, on the other side, what did you think was low-hanging fruit you thought for sure was a win that you're like, what, are you kidding me? This is a barrier? <laughs> I can't hear you, sir. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, I think the biggest win for us was um, getting a call with Lila here. Um, we got a call with her. She's a minister of Alberta. It was in, it was incredible. It was so empowering for us. And since then, we've been getting so many wins that I think we just got, gained our confidence for that. And I think the biggest barrier is finding members that want to join and want to stay in the project and not leave because we've had a few members that come in but they're not really interested in staying after a while or family stuff comes up. Um, I just didn't think that it'd be that hard to find people but yeah that's it. <laughs> no kidding. I'm going to take a picture of us right now before I forget so that I can get people to join your uh, social media. So in three two, one. Okay, hopefully that's a good picture. <laughs> so, Danica, do you want to tell me a bit about your, um, your experiences with wins and losses that you were surprised about and shocked about? Yeah, 
Um, there's been, we, we've had like little lulls and then right now we're sort of at a moment where the project is getting like so much more visibility we're getting somewhere. So all of a sudden we went from like a bit of like an even period to like everything's happening, which is a huge win. Uh, I think for me, usually the biggest, um, the the biggest barrier is definitely finding members, I think. Um, and definitely the most, it's very, very discouraging when people do uh, leave, especially the project is sort of my baby. <laughs> so it it is, it definitely, it's a bit of a hit when someone leaves, but it's always, we, we always, like, we can keep going, keep progressing. I honestly, there have been so many wins. I can't even come up with a favorite. I have to say it was definitely an honor to get to talk to the Honorable Minister because <laughs> she is so nice. She's like the nicest person ever. It was so cool to talk to her. Um, and it's it's amazing to be able to like come onto podcasts like yours and be able to talk to people <laughs> and engage in conversation. I think that's exciting and such an honor. <laughs> Um, yeah, so exactly like what Danica said, um, definitely our biggest roadblock is finding members, especially members of color. Like we have a couple members of color in our initiative, but Alberta is a very white province. So it is very hard to find people who are of, co of any color like any color so that's definitely a roadblock because we want to be able to represent all youth not just the white youth we want to represent everybody we can't do that if we don't have members of all different races right but and you know what i tell um i tell the party this that they're racist point blank and i tell them that yeah. because they don't do anything that's um anti-racist work or indigenous inclusion work so for example when yeah. i um, introduced myself, I introduced who I am, where I come from, and I did a proper land acknowledgement. And I also, I'll, I'll encourage you to start there. And for mm -hmm. your organization, I'd, pro I'd happily do a free um, hour long conversation on the importance of land acknowledgement. Because one, I want to encourage you to continue on, but two, that bigger picture that, you know, you can't be inclusive if you don't know that you're being racist and it's not i'm not saying you're all racist on purpose i was raised in alberta i was i'm still racist <laughs> i still have to work on that i'm ableist <laughs> i'm racist i'm straight cis monogamous so uh you know i have to work on my um, polyamorous um transgender include inclusive language i have to work on these things because um you know that that's those are just my privileges so and and until you understand how the system really works you know then you see that you're always contributing to it being uh, problematic. So anyway, we can have that conversation another day, but I, I definitely offer that to you because if you're interested in getting, uh, if you're interested in, in acquiring people, I mean, I know I look at an organization and if they don't do uh, proper land acknowledgement, I know they're not indigenous friendly. Um, if they don't identify their pronouns, I know that they're LGBTQ2 plus not friendly. Um, if they, you know, like I, there's, there's things that I know 
um, automatically. And I'd love to teach you those things so that you can start your organization off on the best way possible um, and go from there. But then at the same time, that's why you got Lila here on, you know, and because she's like, so not any of those things. So, you know, she'd love to have you. And a, and a lot of conservative um, folks would love to bring you into their world because you're their next generation uh, as well. So, you know, think about it, talk to your organization and see if they want to be more inclusive to, uh, you know, uh, BIPOC is, is kind of a, a new term or BIMPOC. So uh, those who are black, indigenous, mixed, uh, people of color, you know, um, uh, and I asked my friend Saima directly, like, you know, can I use the term a brown community? And she's like, yep, that's, that's how we refer to ourselves. So, you know, we, we have to make those contacts and, and become friends with folks in, in those worlds. Uh, Dr. Zadie is another um, amazing person that I have found to be really inclusive and bring me into his world of, uh, you know, Muslim alliances and then we talk about anti-racism together. So, you know, I would love to introduce you to a lot, a whole world of anti-racism work that's happening so that your organization can be inclusive, but also so that you can um, expand. Because I would like for you to say, oh, we had, um, you know, Jody Wilson-Rainbow on our show, or we had, uh, who's a black conservative that maybe, um, I'm sure that um, fellow who's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> without his mask would be happy to you know meet up with you as well so uh, there's lots of folks that we can we can definitely connect you with and, and hopefully help build your organization so that it's it becomes that um, an organization everybody wants to be a part of uh, I think one of the biggest ones that I realize that I'm guilty of is ableism uh, a lot of folks um, need sign language or subtitles on a show it's so simple yet you know, for some reason, we forget these things. And then uh, um, I'm having friends who, like, I can't have friends over at my house who have a wheelchair. So that needs to be remedied immediately. And uh, having a bathroom that's, they can go to the washroom. So, you know, there's so many levels, <laughs> so many levels that I have to work on, and that I want to help you in any way I can in that capacity as well. So yeah, go ahead, Cassidy. I just want to say that for somebody who is youth, it actually really does mean a lot that somebody of an older generation is trying to become more evolved. Like that is something that's amazing because we also like for us, we're a generation that, yeah, like we're not racist. We're not homophobic. Like you're just a person to us you know, like, we don't care, right? And so, like, we are very anti-racist, very, you know, all the phobias. <laughs> and so, but we, we also understand that older generations, even, even Gen X, you know, even our parents' generations, like, we understand that they are raised in a different time. Like, we, like, it wasn't as inclusive as it, as it is now. And so, for people in my parents' generations or my grandparents' sorry, um, <laughs> generations to um to tell their tell themselves no this isn't okay this isn't how we treat people this is actually okay and actually try and change or become more involved that like means a lot and for highlights this is definitely one of the highlights of our project 
Um, we never thought we'd be in a podcast. So <laughs> like, thank you so much for this opportunity. Just well, wanted- I'm honored again, because uh, again, it's about that uh, youth inclusion. I mean, the system is designed to exclude your voice. So unless like, why is Justin Trudeau prime minister? Because he was the son of Pierre Elliott Trudeau. And he was able to, you know, be at his dad's feet through these incredible negotiations and such. And um, my daughter, unfortunately, has been under the table of every liberal meeting that there is. And to the point that, uh, you know, to her politics is, she has more education on politics than most, um, you know, average adults will ever have. And um, and the work that you're doing, I would argue, is what like most adults actually don't know um, the importance of the work that you're doing or understand politics the way that you do. And I think that um, any any one of us, whether it's Leela, I, I, I know I can speak on Leela's behalf on this one. Um, it doesn't matter who it is that we would want to mentor you to become really effective at what you do because you are not just leaders now, but you're going to continue to be the leaders as you grow. And you're going to be bringing in people that you're going to be running campaigns for, that you're going to be encouraging to run. And... Um, so for me, like when I hear that you're already experiencing those um, misogynistic barriers, I can't say this enough. One of the reasons why Ask Her was even founded was that women are not being asked enough to run. You are already effective political leaders. I can't even imagine somebody disregarding what you have to say at this point. And, and honestly, when you go to these tables, just remember that there are a lot of people at those tables that have no idea about the political structure, and you do. Um, it was one of my best memories on the planet will be when my daughter was uh, in grade six, I was running for provincial politics. And um, that w- grade six is the year that they teach all Albertans about um, politics. And so they got to see it a little more firsthand because by chance there was an election at the same time that they were in grade six. And um, they ran their own personal campaigns. So I really enjoyed when somebody wanted to run liberal, you know, giving them all the graphics and, and having their name on, on their side by side with mine and um, having those discussions. And, and um, you know, and, and I want that for whatever your um, partisan uh, political field is, is that, you know, that pride of being who you are and proudly running, um, you know, and, and so not just thinking about running, but knowing you're going to run and then encouraging others to run and encouraging others to know how to run campaigns. Like these are things that I want for you. Uh, We have a municipal election happening next year and we already have candidates that are putting in their name, whether it's for mayor or whether it's for a councillor. And if you're in a satellite community of Calgary, you're going to have new councillors and such as well. And there's no reason if you're over 18 to not be thinking about running. So that's, that's point blank. How old is everybody here? I'm 16. Okay. I'm 16. Okay. I'm 16 as well. All right. So you guys are old enough to be running campaigns. You are. <laughs> so, and, and then the next go around, uh, you know, well, we could have a snap election anytime federally. So I'm always looking for candidates, but um, you know, the best way to grow your, your uh, candidate is to introduce them into the folks that you know. So the connections that you're making right now through your organization, that's going to help you through the rest of your life. And, um, you know, I'm friends with gay uh, conservatives. I'm friends with um, 
folks from different spectrums because we've crossed paths and you know sometimes you change change lanes depending on who your leader is depending on um the situation i know like the alberta party is uh kind of the lost pcers so the more red tories or progressive um conservatives they're kind of in a lost field right now wanting to grow and i'm an alberta liberal and we just lost our leader he had to step down for work and uh, we have no elected mlas anymore so we're kind of a lost party <laughs> trying to figure out our way uh we know our ideals and we're not ashamed to call ourselves liberals but that's a very tough sell in alberta so i understand why there are people on the alberta party and uh you know anyway 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 i just hope that you know that uh what matters to me is that you feel supported as you go. And, um, you know, we have a youth council federally as well. It's supposed to be nonpartisan. Obviously, it's run by Justin Trudeau at this time. But, um, you know, I really encourage your, your organization to be a part of that as well. And I know that there are people from the office listening, and they'll be wanting to know more about your organization. So I was wondering if you'd want to introduce your organization's name, contact for that but then also your personal instagram handles and that that you want to promote so that that way we can kind of start watching you because i know everyone's going to start watching you um i don't really um have an instagram handle that i use regularly but definitely go on our canadian youth letters project um on our instagram and you can follow our twitter um i think it's the same handle um yeah, just, that'd be great. Exposure is awesome. Always appreciated. Um, yeah, and we absolutely love when people contact us. Like, it just makes our day. And so, if you have any questions or you just want to have a conversation, we like having conversations, like, you can talk, sorry, you can message our email, which is canadianyouthlettersproject at gmail.com. Right, right, Danica? Awesome. So yeah, that's our that's our email. Um, if you go to also our Instagram, which Sarah had mentioned, it's um, Canadian Youth Letters Project. There's some underscores in between each name. Uh, we have our website linked in the bio, so you can also contact us through there, and you can look at all of our content. That's sort of our main platform, although it is under construction right now. Um, yeah. Oh, that's great. Danica, do you have any um, social media that you use? I don't, even TikTok. Like, I don't want to rule out anything. Um, we do have a TikTok for the Canadian Youth Letters Project. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I'm pretty sure if you search up Canadian Youth Letters Project, it'll probably come up. Um, okay, so what I'll do is I'll probably try to encapsulate that in our write-up so that people can just click on it as they as they're interested because a lot of people won't even listen to my show but they'll be interested in you so you know and that's that's really what I want too is I want them interested in you um my daughter's 13 so I have a really invested interest to make sure you're successful <laughs> thank you we are actually always welcome we're always welcoming new members. So like if someone wants to join, they totally can. And if someone has something that they want to be like, hey, talk about this, or hey, you could do this better, 
we are always willing to listen because I know for me personally, it's really important to make sure that the CULP is open to everybody and inclusive to everybody and a safe place for everyone to share their perspectives. Right on. Um, so provincially, you guys had a win with the Leela. Uh, federally or municipally, uh, have there been some contacts that you were that you got to meet? Um, yeah, actually. So other than Leela here, who's the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life, I'm not even exaggerating. I didn't know people could be that nice. Um, we also met with an MLA yesterday. Um, so that was really great. I can't pronounce his last name, so it'll have to be Tanika or Sarah says that. I'm terrible at last names. But, I think it's yeah. Gun I think three? it's gun three. I think it's gun three, but I don't want to like mess it up on here. So um, it's Peter Guthrie. And Guthrie. yeah, he did take the time to meet with us this week, which was very exciting. <laughs> now, yeah, where, where is nice. he from? What's his constituency and what's his uh, a political affiliation? Airdrie Cochran. He is conservative because... It's a very conservative area, <laughs> uh, but it was cool to talk to him, and he um, he sort of talked to us about some things that our government is doing to um, sort of work with the COVID-19 vaccine um, and the distribution of that and just some things to help with the economy. So it's definitely interesting to hear his perspective. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I think uh, that was very helpful because so he allowed us to ask questions. I asked him about the recovery plan for all the job loss that's happened in Alberta. Um, I obviously cannot share that, but um, here, but um, it was very kind of him to sort of give us an insight on his on their plan. Um, because we want to know what's going on. We want to know what's going on in our own government. And so, yeah, we got a little oh, insider. Is that a problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that he is very lucky that he had you talking to him and not me. <laughs> Sarah, do you want to chime in? Uh, no, I was just saying that, like, yeah, it was very important for us to have those uh, contacts. And we're, we keep running into more contacts and we reach, keep reaching out to many, many people. So <laughs> as great. many as we can get, it's basically it. <laughs> well, that's great. And I'm glad you guys are having success at meeting some of these folks because actually they're not nice people. They are supposed to represent you and they are supposed to listen to you. And uh, so, you know, keep that in mind that you, they aren't being nice to you. That's literally their job is to represent you and to give you audience. So when they don't, that is when you need to like be loud and tell people, huh, why isn't Justin Trudeau's office and their youth council able to contact us within like, you know, two months, you know, you're allowed to call them out on that because, um, and, that, and a lot of people might think that doesn't win you favors, but you know what, that's your job. If you're going to represent youth, then that's the work that you have to do. And you, you have to be a little tougher on these folks because while Leela here may be the nicest person on the planet, she didn't save my daughter's school by any stretch. So I had to run against her. I had to work with Derek Fildebrandt out of all people in order to try to save my daughter's school because she was so incapable of doing anything to rock the boat and didn't want to upset the school council at the time with Rocky View, poor baby. So 
I don't have a lot of respect for her uh, lack of willingness to help over 269 students in, in order to save their school. But, you know, at least she's nice, you know. So to me, you can't be an elected official and not have a bit of a backbone to at least advocate for your community. So I didn't support her and I supported Derek Gildebrand, which is, you know, a native Indian, um, you know, helping out out of all people, Derek Gildebrand. <laughs> You know, you end up with partnerships you never expect. Um, and that said, like Manmi Gular, uh, he showed up at my door and we worked together really great. And I, I really, I cried a lot when he passed. And every year that that anniversary comes up, you know, I think about him and the quality of person that he was, right? So remember, it's okay to make enemies too. And it's okay for you to have you know Cassidy be open and honest about one MLA and maybe another one being like oh my god did you hold her to account to anything so you know <laughs> don't be afraid don't be afraid to push back a little it's okay to have a good cop bad cop of your group <laughs> all right folks well thank you for being on this is there any lasting questions or or comments that you wanted to bring in um I just want to say like thank you so much um like it really did mean a lot to us that you were willing to do this with us like you have no idea how much it meant to us it was it's such an amazing opportunity um and like you have for at least for me uh you have put like so much confidence in me so that that's amazing and um I hope that we can continue to have, you know, a collaboration or even just keep talking in the future because, yeah, you, like, you're absolutely amazing. Also, no, I'd like you to are. say, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, when you commented on our post, we basically had a party on it. <laughs> we were so excited that someone was, like, in, like, communicating with us and, like, it was one of our well, we've had other comments before, but it's one of our first comments that really stuck with us. And we just, it was crazy. It was just an absolute, like, uh, high energy time for us when you commented. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And I think uh, after this, there's definitely some things I'm going to take away. I'm definitely going to take the time to learn how to do a proper land acknowledgement, because... Uh, I should probably know how to do that. I should definitely know how to do that. And I don't exactly know what goes into that. So I'm definitely, I'm gonna, I have some notes taken down and I'm gonna take and do some more research on this. So I've definitely, I've learned a lot from this conversation. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, I, I wish I could express how lucky we are as politicians to have you want to be in our presence at all because um you know you're you're the future and like someone like Greta Thunberg can create a whole political movement that um our conservative loser uh, elected officials have to bully a, a young girl over um as a result so know the power that you have uh, know that you are the ones you are our political leaders and that you have our future at stake and that people should be listening to you and um, so when they don't give you audience, that's actually a poor reflection on them, not you. So I hope um, any campaign that you have coming up that you want to emphasize, you're always welcome to come back. 
And then too, as you both, as you all grow and start going into different campaigns or, or whichever, if you want to highlight um, a candidate, anything like that, please feel free to come back on. I think with an upcoming municipal election, you know, I want you to be thinking about what that looks like for you and your organization and what you would want to talk about on our next podcast, depending on, on that, um, you know, what, what happens on that. So, you know, know that we're watching and that we're, we're, we're um, excited for you. Go ahead, Cassidy. Oh, I oh. thought you raised your <laughs> Sorry. Yep, so no, I'm that's just okay. really fidgety. Um, actually, I do have a question though, Lucky. Um, so we've been talking a little bit in our team about potentially doing a podcast of our own because there's just so many people that we're inspired by and that we want to hear from because if they're willing to hear from us, like we want to hear from them. So do you have any sort of advice or anything about starting a podcast? Because you seem pretty successful. At it. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I do, um, you know, first and foremost, it's my husband that really encouraged me to do this. Um, he had the expertise to put it together. Now that said, you're the generation that knows how to put together um, a lot of things quite quickly. <laughs> you can adapt quite quickly with the technology. I guarantee there's someone in your circle that would be happy to get your uh, framework started for a podcast. And, um, you know, and that said, if you need help, just reach out to us at any point in time and we will help you. There are um, Alberta podcasts that are political. Um, I want to say Alberta Advantage. So um, you will see that there's like the white community and then there's the BIPOC community. And the white community, they all huddle together and have their little you know, retweeting each other all the time and, and doing that. And, and that seems to be their, their favorite podcast is Alberta Advantage. So um, one, get on there to promote your podcast. So once you have your framework figured out and you're, you're going to name yourself, whatever you're going to name yourself, um, get audience from them. Tell everybody there about your, your podcast. And then everyone that listens to their podcast will listen to your podcast. And of course, I'll promote your new podcast too. So, um, you know, that bigger picture, don't be afraid, just do it. And um, even for me, this uh, video is new for me. Uh, we had been doing podcasts for three years without video. And uh, excuse me, when COVID-19 happened, um, I was introduced to the world of Zoom. So I was able to hit it, it's the new word, <laughs> and, uh, and bring YouTube to my podcast. But my husband still takes the audio from all of these and just automatically up, uploads them on the framework of podcasts already. So, um, and don't be afraid to get a podcast. Um, when we first talked about it, I said, why would I have a podcast? And he said, Jesus, Michelle, like that a Canadian Grain Association has a podcast. And sure enough, so does CN Rail and all sorts of like organizations. I'm like, who would listen to this? But there's, they have their people, and I have my people, which shocks me every single day. Don't let me tell you. So, you know, I'm really grateful people listen. And um, I know people will listen to your podcast as well. So I like, just encourage you to just start. Um, it would be really great to, you know, here's your, your, your package of how to make a, a podcast. And the truth is, because you have such a niche environment, which is like politics in Alberta for youth, you know, you're just going to have to attach yourself to all the political parties and, and that, and it'll grow. It will grow. 
and um, and you know, well, any any politician, anyone interested in politics that's an adult, not supporting you and not mentoring you is an idiot right now. So just so you know, like you, again, you have that power because as youth, you're the next generation of leaders that we should be mentoring anyway. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate your wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but we should be helping you in any capacity we can. So I hope you reach out if you need anything and uh, we'll go from there. And also, I, I don't know if you all have uh, university figured out yet. Um, a lot of folks really go into poli sci, uh, political science in, in university. I don't know if that's in your future, but just in case it is, um, in the university, there's a conservative youth group, there's the, you know, liberals, green, all of them, they all have their own part, or, um, you know, youth groups and such, and, and you're going to find that you're going to be besties with somebody who does end up being a liberal, or does end up being an NDP 30 years from now, and that's, that's supposed to be government. Um, I would argue the conservatives of today have completely derailed their political system, but once upon a time, we all used to be friends with each other because mm -hmm. like it or not, there's a very small niche of uh, people that care about politics. And that's just the reality. Now, if I could get all those poli-sci folks to understand indigenous issues and not have to like shake it into their heads, that would help my life a lot. <laughs> a hundred, yeah, like a hundred, a hundred percent. And we've talked in our, in our, um, group about it before it's absolutely ridiculous the egos of every party not one party not the other like every single one like just they have to be right and they're like if they all work together you know in the alberta government if the conservative party and the ndp party they both have ideas if they if they actually collaborated i feel like alberta would prosper same with the um Canadian government so like you know we just kind of we're making jokes about we feel like we just kind of need to get the leaders of all the parties in a room and get them a marriage counselor or something like you know right <laughs> we definitely talking. have that in common a hundred percent awesome any other lasting thoughts anybody nope that's good for me I think awesome yeah just yeah. thank you for having us on and I'm very excited to see what all of our work will do in the future. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, I invite you to stay on if you'd like to, and um, I'm going to do my exit. Now, my exit is about inclusion, and it's, a, again, about us as people who have privilege, what we can do to make this world a little better for everybody else. So um, I know you're on mute for the most part as we, you know, cough or whichever, that, that's the smart thing to do. But if at any point you want to come in, please, this is an open conversation. So I'll keep talking and you're welcome to come in anytime to uh, add your voice. Um, so again, this, I, I want to thank the Canadian Youth Letters Project for coming on my show. Uh, their mission is to engage youth in politics and give them a political voice and to open communication between government and the general population. And I think anyone who listens to this show can see why it is I would encourage them in a second. Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and public hearings so that it can be regularly disregarded. No more, honor our words. 
honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and their platforms and policies. If they don't recognize marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus, if they are cutting violence prevention programs and services, if they're cutting indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, if they lack human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disability, know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit. Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism at the educational justice and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same things. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism, they literally have zero business running. This should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, sports organizations, community associations. Great article I said out loud in episode 62 is Truth Before Truth, How Non-Indigenous Canadians Become Allies. You can find that if you were just to Google it. I want to continue by putting cultural safety into action so that you can create a safer space for Indigenous, people of colour, those with disabilities, LGBTQ2, to speak. Look at it as first aid for marginalization. First, you have to do something. Having good intentions and thinking that you're not racist is not enough. Taking action makes change. Speaking out against racism, ask questions with more, those with more understanding, find allies, create a support system for yourself so that you can help create culturally safe approaches. Take responsibility for your own learning. Learn, reflect, ask questions. Do not expect this learning to come from marginalized people like Indigenous. Take time for self-reflection. Beware of your assumptions and biases. If you think you don't see color, then you have a bias and assumption you need to address. Question everything you've learned about Indigenous people, marginalized people, and take steps to actively disrupt those stereotypes. Commit to lifelong learning. Be prepared to be uncomfortable. Understanding colonialism, the legacy of racism, Alberta history is an ongoing and difficult task. And I want to thank heretohelp.bc.ca, uh, Indigenous people and what is in cultural safety, why I should care about it for this resource. Internalized racism and lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized people experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands. Um, so if you don't know about the racism imposed, you should learn about the Indian Act, Indian residential schools, and other land clearing policies. I have books behind me showing that. Uh, RacialEquityTools.org by Donna Bevins has a great resource on internalized racism. So that's for people who are of color. So whether you're Black, Indigenous, mixed, uh, some person of color, if you have any sort of self-hate, by that racism that you've been taught through this white supremacist media and white, some white supremacist education system, health system, justice system. Like these are things we need to address within ourselves. Um, I should also add internalized homophobia. Uh, this is an issue where we've been raised in a monogamous straight Christian society. So we already are at a greater risk of marginalizing those who identify as LGBTQ2 plus. 
Uh, do's and don'ts for bystander intervention by the American Friends Service Committee. They have a really great resource that you can find uh, about what to do when you witness instances of racism, anti-Black, anti-Muslim, anti-trans, other forms of oppressive interpersonal violence and harassment. Um, this is really relevant considering in uh, a week we've had over three um, separate instances in Edmonton alone on uh, Black Muslim women being uh, physically attacked. Um, indigenous, obviously, we missing and murdered Indigenous women is exactly this problem of uh, constantly experiencing harassment and violence. Um, anyway, these are some tips on how to intervene with considering everybody's safety involved. First, you need to make your present uh, known. So if you are witnessing this, you can let people know. I encourage everyone to throw out their phones and start recording something immediately. Uh, if possible, make eye contact with the person being harassed and ask them if they want support. Move yourself closer to the uh, person being harassed if possible and you feel that uh, there's no risk to do so, you can create a distance or a barrier between the person being harassed or the attacker. So these are folks with uh, white privilege. This is a really good time for you to step in. Um, if it's safe to do so and the person her, uh, consents, record with the incident. So I'm telling you, it's a lot easier to delete a file later than it is to wish you had made that recording to begin with. Take cues from the individuals being harassed. Is the person engaging with the harasser or not? Can you make su suggestions like, would you like me to walk over here, move to another car train? Would you like for him to leave you alone? Follow their lead. Notice if the person being harassed is resisting in their own way and honor that. Especially white folks, don't tone police the person being harassed. If somebody's harassing me, everyone on the fucking planet is going to know about it right fucking now. But, um, and I, I don't want to speak for the other women on this call, but I can tell you we were raised that you don't create a scene, that you take harassment. And I'm here to tell you, you do not take harassment if you're a woman experiencing misogyny or if you're a person of color experiencing harassment from racism. These are not things that you have to, um, you know, not create a scene over. That's bullshit. Your safety matters. And the stats show that other people don't care about your safety, so you need to care about your own safety and honor your spirit. Follow up with the person being harassed after the incident is over and see if they need anything. So this is a good time for you to give your business card to somebody your contact information because one, it validates their experience, but two, they're likely embarrassed when it happens because it's very, like you, you have that uh, fight, flight, freeze response that, that really comes out at that moment. And, um, and it's embarrassing and I, I hate that feeling, <laughs> that's for sure. So it, just by giving a simple uh, contact information can help validate that, that experience. Uh, do what you have to do to keep safe. You know, assess your surroundings. Are there others that you can pull in? Working as a team is a good idea, if possible. Can you and the person being harassed move to a safer space? Don't call the police. For many people experiencing harassment right now, Indigenous, Arab, Muslim, Black, queer, trans, immigrant, the police will cause a greater harm for the person being harassed. The amount of police killings of Indigenous people, proof alone. Do not escalate the situation. The goal is to get the person being harassed to safety and not incite further violence from the attacker. Don't do nothing. Silence is dangerous. It communicates approval and leaves the victim high and dry. If you find yourself too nervous or afraid to speak out, 
move closer to the person being harassed to communicate your support with your body. Teach your kids about accountability in a positive way because these kids are learning uh, to be abusive from somewhere. If you're experiencing emotional distress and want to talk, the call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll free, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you go onto their website, there's actually a texting um, option as well. Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started a podcast to speak freely without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions. As many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinions, but sure want to tell us theirs. By people who know nothing about Indigenous, know nothing about colonialism, know nothing about the constant surveillance of Indigenous people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights. Typical microaggressions, people dealing with internalized racism, people who are gatekeepers that survive off the status quo, and people who are so in their trauma that they stop people from doing the work and deplete personal resources. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for people, Indigenous people. That's why I needed a podcast as a boundary to be heard. I want to say thank you to my ancestors, my granny, my mom, what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots, and stepping up and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. It is through her, I'm a second generation Calgarian raising a third generation Calgarian. I want to say thank you to my husband Darcy for producing and editing this show. On top of being my husband, my childhood friend, the father of our child in support of my journey down the red road, he has witnessed decades of racism and sexism. And our child, who we are blessed to learn from every day, we are honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. I hope my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of us trying to discuss these present day issues in a way that they can understand. Again, my Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. A huge thank you to all of my listeners. Um, if you did one donation or many and had to quit for financial reasons, please know I appreciate your support. If you value listening and can afford to give, thank you. To those that cannot afford to give but listen in, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Uh, send in your comments or questions. Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcast. You can go to the pin post on my social medias for the latest ones as well. And I want to give that side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not your dish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>